From our family to your family, this is A Legacy of Faith, the podcast. Welcome to A Legacy of Faith, the podcast designed to help your family survive the day, plan for tomorrow, and always keep an eye on eternity. And welcome to the program as we're continuing in the month of April, considering the book of Ephesians and what an Ephesians home looks like. It's good to be back with my wife, Leah, again this week. Leah, welcome back. Thank you. Last week, as we were finishing up the program, we had talked about wives submitting to husbands, and I very, I thought very kindly asked Leah if we could just, just skip this, this one and not talk about husbands. No, that doesn't work. It was so mean of you. I just, I had to say, I, I was, I was just so disappointed. But we had thought about uh, dealing with these three relationships. We talked about wives last week, husbands this week, and the next week we'll talk about children. Now that that one should be fun. Talking about children obeying their parents, that that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. But we can't do this without talking about husbands and uh, related to that as fathers. And as we did last week, we spent some time last week just reading the text that Paul writes in, in Ephesians about wives. So it's going to take a couple of moments because uh, Paul writes to husbands, but Leah, I've always thought this is a little bit interesting. He writes a whole lot more to husbands than he does to wives. What do you think that might imply? It means you have a whole lot of things you need to learn, I guess. <laughs> I heard somebody say one time it just means that uh, husbands are a lot more thick-headed. You know, it just t- takes, <laughs> takes a lot more convincing or something. I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it is interesting. That as, as we have recorded in, uh, or, or divided up, I should say, in verses, wives have Ephesians 5, verses 22, 23, and 24. Husbands have Ephesians 5, verse 25, through verse 33. It's about three times as long. So this will take a moment, but let's, let's just read this straight through, starting in uh, Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now I'm glad it comes back to wives there at the end, because <laughs> it, it does get a little bit you know, almost cruel. It just keeps hammering home to the husband's. But Leah, I want to tie this over to last week's program a little bit here because you spent some time, especially in the last couple of minutes last week when I asked you what made uh, wives submitting to husband a beautiful thing. And you said it's because it's a picture of the church submitting to Christ. But it's really here uh, when we get into the section about husbands that Paul actually brings that out, uh, that this is a relationship. In fact, he even specifically says this mystery is profound, but I am saying that it speaks of Christ and the church. And so th- this is the context where we really, for sure, I guess you would say, learn that what he is writing about is a dual thing. He's writing about husbands and wives and Christ and the church. So you mentioned that last week, but I want to tie it over to this week because uh, this is where Paul actually explicitly comes out and states that. Now, the key phrase really is, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. If we did not have the picture of Christ, we might know what it means to love. Uh, We might have some idea of what it means to love. But when Paul adds that phrase, 
as Christ loved the church, there's, there's a hundred different ways you've heard it described. But the way I always try to say, the way it always comes in my mind, I should say, is he set the bar as high as it could possibly be set. That Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, is the way, the way the rest of that verse goes on. Why would Paul choose that? Because let's be honest here, it's an odd picture. Someone dying on a cross, and that's the picture of a husband loving a wife. Well, it's not odd, really. I mean, the, the idea of love is that you, you die to self. You are, in a sense, dying to self. And anyone, so does a woman, but he really puts that to husbands. And I think it's really interesting. You know, we have so many, we talked about this last week, but so many of these um, verses that talk about wives submitting to your husbands and, and you know, it kind of riles women up. They, they, they think that that means that their husband would then have lots of control over them and be the boss and, and, you know, one negative thing that we could put in after another. But when you add that verse, when you say that he should die to self or, you know, as Christ loved the church, which we all understand means that he died for the church, then how could you not want a husband to be that kind of husband that he's still supposed to be, you know, the leader of the family, but any leader who would give his own life up for his one, the ones he loved, I mean, that's an awesome leader. I don't know. It's just still a beautiful picture if you think about the give and take of marriage. I like that Paul also kind of, he may, he may get into the male mind a little bit here. Obviously, Paul's a man, but he was never married. And so he's writing my inspiration here. And I think it's interesting that he talks about as Christ loved the church, and if he didn't go on, you might think, well, yeah, Christ is over the church. Christ is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. Christ gets to set the rules for the church. But he says, and gave himself That's up for her. exactly my point. Yeah. yeah. And so I think he's getting into sort of the male mind by, by mm-hmm. making sure that last phrase is on there. Oh, right. Christ is the head of the church. He's over it. The rules are his. On and on and on. Oh, wait a minute. He died, too. Well, right. it's, it's that phrase of being a servant leader. You know, you lead by serving. You lead by uh, putting others' needs in front of your own and... And that's really the the perfect picture of love. It's what it is, actually, agape. And the other picture in here, Christ loved the church, is the obvious. Or excuse me, Christ loved the church, and that's the way a husband is supposed to love his wife. That's the, the first picture. The other picture is the one that I don't think gets much, I don't press is probably not the right word, much discussion, is where he talks about how no one ever hated his own flesh. He talks about a man should love his wife the way he loves his own body. To me, that is a very strange passage. and it, it, Because to me, it seems almost... The complete opposite end of the spectrum. You, you never see Jesus in the four accounts of the gospel saying, I love myself. You know, I'm doing anything really for myself. But here Paul is saying, we do things for ourselves. You know, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes, cherishes it. And then he says, and that's how we're supposed to love our wives. And so he almost appeals to the spiritual side by saying, as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her. And then to the fleshly or physical side by saying, hey, you take care of your body, you know, hopefully. <laughs> you take mm-hmm. care. You're not going to punish your own body for sure. And so I think he's appealing here to the entire man, the entire husband, not just the spiritual or not just the uh, philosophical, but also just the day-to-day, the practical. Even, even in the first century world, they might not have bathed every day, but they still took care of their body as best they possibly could. And obviously in our world, our modern world, 
I mean, guys take care of their, their bodies in just ridiculous ways. And he's saying, if you would do that, why would you never do the same for the woman that you claim to love that much? So let me, let me ask you here, Leah. I want to throw a couple of questions here for your expertise. And, oh, and, and then, <laughs> great. And then, and then I, prom- I promised you after we finished recording the last one, you could throw some questions my way if you wanted to. So we'll see. As a wife, when you read... Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I know this is an impossible question to ask or to answer. You know, how does that play out daily? But in, in sort of a big picture, what are some things that wives, Christian wives, need to see in their husbands, or that maybe someone who's thinking about getting married needs to look for in a man where they they can at least have good assurance. They may not ever really know until they get married, but they can at least have good assurance that their husband really does love them as Christ loved the church. What are some of those kind of big picture things they might see? You have to just look for those things that he does that show you that he is, in fact, concerned about you more than he is himself. I mean, you know, it sounds so simple, but it's not very simple. I mean, you have to really look for that. A lot of guys would tell you that they, you know, love you and that they, uh, you know, you're the most special person in the world, you know, and you hear all the lines all the time, you know. But when you have that man who continually shows that he is concerned about you and he puts your needs in front of his own. That's, to me, one of the biggest. I mean, that's really what love is. And and that's exactly, you know, what Paul is saying there about, you know, any person, not just men, but any person, they're not, they're going to take care of themselves. They're going to make sure they get fed. They're going to make sure that um, everything that they need to do for themselves gets done. They don't neglect themselves. But it's so easy to neglect someone else, and the picture of real love is when you love that person so much that you could not neglect them because they are as much of you as you are. I don't know if that makes sense. So look for things like that, that he's not going to neglect you because he's so concerned about himself. That would be one. And so it's the idea sometimes we kid around in TV shows and things about he's always been in time with the guys, you know, and everything. But sometimes there are some guys in the dating period of life or whatever where it's always about his schedule. It's always about what he wants to do first. He needs to – obviously, both – husband and wife or boyfriend girlfriend or whatever need to be able to do some things on their own they need that personal time but if it's always my way or else you know always we do what i want you know the husband we always do his things or you know he gets to hang out with the guys and she never gets to hang out with her girlfriends or whatever there's a real problem there and and you know and we could go on i would say maybe another thing is that the other side of the picture you know you don't want someone who's always trying to make you happy just because he wants to make you happy because I think we read maybe it was a podcast one time we listened to I can't remember who it was but they were talking about some of the times a lot of marriages that stay together for a long time sometimes it's because one or the other person is really more of a selfish person they just try to keep the other one happy and if you have that other spouse who's okay with that, you know, they, they don't mind that it's all about them. The other person is making them happy, and they, you know, they, they're doing it, though, for themselves. I don't know if I'm being logical. I, can't, I don't know if I'm saying this to, to make sense or not, but, you know, it's easy if you're want, you know, I don't want any trouble, so I'm going to give my wife, let's use that for an example, everything she wants because, I, I, you know, I don't want to have to deal with her being mad. Just, well, just to get out of the doghouse. Yeah, and you, you could ever... keep a wife happy that way right. and have a you know, a marriage that's okay, but 
so, you know, if you really want a healthy marriage, though, you don't want your your husband, the the guy that you possibly could marry, to always be just caving in, doing everything you want. I mean, he also needs to be giving you the things that you need, and that would mean making sure that your soul is tended to and making sure that you understand uh, what God wants out of your life as well. And, and if we get married, what does he want out of our marriage? And so it's not always going to be a real selfish thing. Let me just give you everything you want and you say it and I'll go do it. And, you know, that's not love. That's not really him putting you first. That could be he's a little selfish and he doesn't want you to be upset with him. So he's trying to keep you happy. So you just have to have your eyes open. As you were talking, I was thinking that one of the complaints, and that may not be the right word, but one of the complaints that some people give about the church and about Christ is that Christ has all these rules. But something we always say is that anything God or Christ asks of us in the church is to our ultimate good. It may not be something we enjoy in the moment or even understand in the moment. And I think what you're saying there is sometimes the husband, to show real love to his wife, is seeking her ultimate good, not necessarily what he what she wants right in the moment right. or thinks, but not not that he is trying to take over her mind or brainwash her, but he's seeking her ultimate, and we might even say her eternal good, not just make her happy for the next 30 minutes right. or whatever. Uh, and so I, I, is that kind of what, what you're saying there? Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that's huge, and I hope, guys, I hope we were listening to that because it's so easy sometimes just to say, I'll buy her a new dress, you know, or I'll go get a rose and I'll get me out of the doghouse when, okay, yeah, sometimes you need to buy a dress or buy, buy a rose or something, but, but for a higher purpose for an ultimate purpose, and, and seeking the things that are most important all the time is, is what the key is. And that's what Christ does for the church. He doesn't always ask us to do things that are easy, but he asks us to do things that are to our ultimate and eternal good and our ultimate um, spiritual health. And that's how a husband loves his wife. Now, anything you'd like to ask me? Well, what do you think, you know, this may be a, just a really loaded, broad question. Oh, great. <laughs> but what do you think... And especially, you know, couples our age, what is the biggest obstacle in loving your wife? I like, by the way, how you said our age. Since you had a birthday this week, we're actually the same age (laughs) now. (laughs) Um, The biggest obstacle to loving a wife. I'm not sure that it matters what age somebody is. I I think there's a couple. The the ultimate obstacle is selfishness. I'm going to take that one off the board because that's what Paul really is writing about here. But I'm going to say that's the ultimate obstacle is selfishness. But I'm going to put that one off the side because hopefully it's obvious that we're overcoming that. Um, I think on a practical level, I, I I would give two. One is one is we are so incredibly busy and not always with bad things that it's not just making time for a date or making time for romance or making time for you know even conversation it's that sometimes we get so busy with just even good stuff that we fail to really take time to just think about our spouse and i'm not saying that that you never enter my mind but to really think about what can i do to help her grow or to help her mature to help her be a better mom or to help her get some time away from the kids you know just just even even the thinking and again it's not it's not that we're busy doing bad stuff Sometimes we're busy, I'm a preacher, hopefully I'm busy doing good stuff, you know, but, you know, busy raising kids, uh, busy, you're busy homeschooling, and, you know, but I think a lot of it for the husbands is we get so busy thinking if I can just work harder to bring home the bacon and provide the financial uh, side of things, that's all I really have to do, and I'm not really thinking about what's most important. And the other thing I, w- I would say that makes uh, that can make it very difficult 
is the distractions of technology. And here we are recording a podcast. It's so easy to decide, hey, we're you know we've had a long busy day, and uh, you know, we we finally got the kids to bed. Let's just sit down and watch six hours of television, or you know, just leave the TV on until we fall asleep. I'm not talking here about the romantic side of marriage necessarily, but there's so many things. While we record this podcast, both of our cell phones have gone off at least twice. <laughs> it's been crazy, and uh, I think I think sometimes just those distractions of technology or hobbies, you know, those kinds of things that just naturally take up so much of our time that really shouldn't naturally take up so much of our time. And I'm not saying that keeps us from necessarily loving in a way, but I think it keeps us from growing in a depth of love uh, because it's really hard to think about how can I be a great leader, a great husband, when every 30 seconds we're actually sitting down together alone, my cell phone's buzzing, and I feel like I have to answer it instead of, you know what? That text message can wait. That phone call can wait. That Facebook notification can wait. That Pinterest <clears throat> notification. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, ha- I had to get something in on her this week. Uh, can can wait. Um, but again, I'll circle back. The ultimate is selfishness. Um, the, these other things are under that umbrella. But I think the ultimate is selfishness. Yeah, I think it's hard when you you know it's so hard to be intentional. I know I have felt that way. I mean, maybe this is way off topic. It's not really about loving your wife, but just. Even today, feeling like so many things go on and you feel out of control. And it's frustrating because you know in your mind the, <clears throat> the most important things. But you feel like there's some part of that, some part, lots of parts of your life you think. And maybe it's just the devil deceiving us, but you feel like you cannot control that. You can't grip a hold of it and you can't make it stop. And you want to, like, there's so many things that you need to do. And, you know, if you don't do this, it will be really bad and really bad. And those things just scream at you and scream at you. And it, you know, it's going along with what you say that you're not doing sometimes the most important things. And you're not spending the time with your spouse that you need. And so I don't know the answer to that. Sometimes it's just really hard to let go of some of those things that we think are so important you know i don't know what the and that's just another podcast maybe yeah, yeah podcast blog yeah. article right. book right. <laughs> it's, it's constant so let, let me give one practical suggestion and then we'll close up shop we've got a little longer than i thought we would but as we said you know the men men have more words written to them here than women do so it's okay let me give one practical suggestion and this may seem strange Leah, but if paul was going to say that husbands are to love their wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her husbands i think it's good for us every once in a while to read the account of the crucifixion with a dual purpose. The ultimate purpose, and never take away from this, is what God did for us spiritually, what God did for us to save our souls. But if that's the example of what it means to be sacrificial towards our wives, that's a good secondary, and I'm emphasizing that, secondary way to read that passage to say, this really is the standard. This really is the ultimate, and that's what I need to be willing and able, not able, hopefully, but willing to do. Uh, but if the time comes, I guess I need to be able as well to, to give myself uh, for my wife, but also to realize that leading up to that, Christ had lived for the church. It wasn't just a moment of you know heroism. It was an entire life of living for uh, the church. I need to be one to live for my wife, not just die for her. Read Hebrews. That would be a great, you know, and that with that same idea, dual purpose of what he gave up, and that would be great too. 
So we hope this has been encouraging to you. We talked about wives last week. We're speaking about husbands this week. Next week we'll talk about children. And as we said, Leah, that should be a lot of fun, uh, talking about children obeying their parents and the Lord. But we hope this study of Ephesians is encouraging you. We hope we're giving you some practical things to consider and uh, just some things to, to take these texts of the Bible and make them more every day in your lives. It's easy to call yourself a wife. It's easy to call yourself a husband. But to really see the standard and really live to it is very difficult. And we hope that we're helping you to understand that and to see that and to live for that and to aspire to those things. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. We continue to think about uh, what an Ephesians home looks like next week. And until then, remember, your family can go to heaven. Just make sure you go there together. Mm-hmm.